Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cross Pods podcast. I'm Lydia Champole, and this week we will be playing you an episode of a pretty normal podcast hosted by Xavier Diaz. On this week's episode, Xavier spoke to Jesse Medina, a social entrepreneur, motivational speaker, the host of FemX Podcast, the founder of Fem Latinas, a brand consultant, and an avid advocate for female empowerment. This episode gave Xavier the chance to help her share her story and her mission to empower women. They speak about her political beliefs, machismo in Latin America, as well as degrading musical lyrics and more. All right, let's jump right in. I consider myself pretty conservative in many ways. I consider myself very feminine and I still am a feminist. And now, unlike in the beginning, I am not gonna apologize about that. And I'm not gonna try to justify or explain why I'm a fe- I'm feminist, you know? Because that in itself isn't a problem. The, the fact that we have to explain why we're fighting for our rights, is a problem. Pretty Normal Podcast, a show that highlights the fascinating stories and thought-provoking moments that make up our lives. My name is Xavier Diaz, and I want to hear your story. On this week's episode, we spoke to Jesse Medina, a social entrepreneur, a motivational speaker, the host of the FemX podcast, a brand consultant, the founder of Fem Latinas, and an advocate for female empowerment. We wanted to speak to her about what feminism means to her and help her share her story as she tries to empower women around the world. I would love to get a little bit of your background and you know how you got into all of this and then when you became so passionate about women's empowerment and feminism. Oh, that's, that's a good question. Um, when you put it that way, when I was listening to you say it all, I'm like, dang, I do a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but essentially, everything that I do ties back to the same thing, and that is female empowerment. Um, yep. Therefore, you know, FEM, female empowerment movement. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I, I've always been passionate about, you know, social impact growing up. I think a lot of Latinos in general, we do care about our communities and, and kind of creating an impact. I just didn't know exactly how I was going to do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, through the experiences that I've been through in life, I started getting more clear on how I wanted to contribute. And, you know, part of that um, started when I was in the corporate world. So before I became an entrepreneur, I was an executive in corporate America, <laughs> mm-hmm. which was really interesting. So I was, you know, the only Latina, only female and only millennial in the boardroom. So I had all these advantages, but also, you know, things that made me different. And so I started noticing a lot of things that are not right in corporate America, especially when it comes to women. And I became more and more passionate about, you know, how do we level up? How do we, how, how can women ask for a raise? How can women get to this level? Cause not everybody does, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if we want to start a business, how do we get funding? I started noticing all these things that women 
need to work on. And um, once I left corporate America and I became an entrepreneur, I felt really led to starting something that would provide resources and education and connection for women to be able to level up and kind of like level the playing field. You know, it's not about, you know, not liking men or anything like that. It's about, you know, being equal in the sense of like having access to similar opportunities, having access to similar pay, you know, if you have the same sort of experience and background and that kind of stuff. So that's really how I started becoming more and more aware of mm-hmm. what needed to be done. And also um, when it comes to the feminism, you know, I, I felt like sometimes with all the issues that we have, not just feminism, but all the issues out there, we focus a lot on the problems, but we don't necessarily focus enough on the solutions or finding solutions to those problems. And so no. For us, you know, the, yeah, so for us, the, the emphasis is, okay, what can we teach in our workshops? Who can I connect these women with so that they do have the same opportunities um, so that we are not complaining about the differences? Yeah, for sure. And I do agree with you. We don't put enough emphasis on solutions. I think a lot of people like to point out problems and then they don't have anything to back it up with and right. they just talk a lot of talk. So I agree with that for sure. That was going to be my next question because feminism has become something that is, there's so many forms of it. And I wanted to get your personal take on what feminism is for you. Yeah. So it's funny because initially when I started helping women, I never saw myself as a feminist, right? I just saw myself as, you know, this highly educated person who really cares and who's trying to find solutions. And then, um, you know, people started calling me a feminist because they would see everything I was doing. And at first I would almost like, be like, what? I'm not a feminist, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. because it does have a negative connotation, right? I remember yeah. um, I once called my dad when I started my podcast and I just mentioned I have a female empowerment podcast and and he lives in Argentina. That's where I'm from. And so he was like, wait, you're a feminazi? And I was like, what? Like to me, that <laughs> word didn't register because I had never heard it in Spanish. And he's like, feminazi, are you a feminazi? And I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, what is that? And he enlightened me and said that down there, they use this term for like extreme feminists. I call them feminazi, which that in itself is so wrong because being a feminist is nothing like being a Nazi, you know? But um, at the same time, I was kind of like, dang, like the, people have these negative stereotypes about feminism. And I think what's important to understand is that feminism is essentially fighting for human rights. It's fighting for, you know, you and I, you know, we are different genders, but we should have the same rights. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I should have any privilege. It doesn't mean that you should have any privilege. It just means like we should be treated as human. Like if you go into a job interview with the same you know, background, experience, years of experience than me, there's no reason why you should be getting paid more as a male than a female. I remember once I asked for a raise and they told me, um, my boss at the time told me, well, you're not a man, so you're not supporting your household. So you don't need to get paid more. And I said, it doesn't matter. (laughs) You know, like I have, I am far more experienced. I, you know, I still got to live. I still got bills. Like what? The reason the reason I even questioned there was because at the time someone joined the team, my team. So they were going to be reporting to me and they got offered the same amount of money as me, even though they had just graduated college and I was a director. And so I, you know, I went up to my boss and I was like, what what the heck? I thought I was making good money. But when I saw that this other person was going to make more reporting to me, I was like, you know, what's going on? I want to raise. That's okay if he makes that. I don't have a problem with that, but mm-hmm. I, want, I I just earn more money then. And, 
And he said, well, he's a man. He he has kids, you know, like he's a, a provider. And I was like, it doesn't That's matter. That's crazy. I, I don't That's get paid crazy. based on how many kids I have. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. In 2000, whatever year it was, yeah. like that is crazy that yeah. you still hear that. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. Like, this is not stuff because a lot of people like to say, oh, well, women got their rights. Like, what, right. what more rights do women want? Like, they already got their rights. It's like, no, this stuff is happening right now, today yes, in corporate America. And mm-hmm. that is crazy, crazy. I actually listened to your podcast and I listened to the episode in, um, I believe it was in Spanish. And you were speaking about what happened to you in the workplace with this person who was your supervisor or something like that. Somebody who was above you. Yeah, that was horrible. And I'm glad that you took the decision to leave that toxic environment. And I also like what you say in that podcast. You try to put yourself in the perspective that there is other women out there who don't have that luxury to just say, okay, I'm just going to get up and leave. I don't need to Mm -hmm. take this shit. I'm going to go get another job. Some women really have like a family and they have to support and they got to put up with that bullshit because no, I need to support my family. And that is really sad. And I really like that you said that in that podcast that you tried to put yourself in that perspective. Yeah. Cause you know, even for me, it was hard, even for me without kids and I was young and I still had my parents that somehow could help me if needed, you know what I mean? Like I still had support and even then it was hard. Even then I went through months. So basically for your listeners, you know, I I went through towards the end of that employment, I went through sexual harassment case and um, they basically told me essentially, you know, we can't do anything because he's the new president of the company. And so he was protected just because of his title, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I, I felt trapped for about eight months. I was like, well, if I leave, what's going to happen? Am I going to get another job? Like I, I grew this company. Am I going to find another job where they believe in me when I'm still young, whatever, you know? So I had all these reasons for staying, even though I didn't have kids, you know, I, I had support. So I cannot imagine women that depend on their paycheck, especially women that are not making enough money or that they don't have savings or whatever it is. So I, I also became more compassionate. And I think that the reason I had to go through certain things in my journey is so that I could understand. I also became more understanding of You know, when I saw something on the news, like women saying, you know, this person did this to me 10 years ago and people were like, why didn't you say something then? Why didn't you speak up right away? I was like, before I would, I would kind of wonder that too in my head, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But after it happened to me and I didn't speak up for eight months, you know, even though I was an empowered woman, I, I was, you know, I've always been pretty like outspoken. So after that, I was like, you know, I get it. It's not that easy. You, you, you feel like you're going to be judged. You don't want people to think certain things about you. There are a lot of biases. And so I totally understood where those women were coming from. And I think it opened my eyes. And that's why when people talk about anyone, doesn't matter what the issue is, whether it's a Black Lives Matter or whatever it is, like if you're not in their shoes, if you've never been through that, you are no one to speak. And that is just the truth. And so the best thing we can do is be compassionate and try to understand, try to see somebody else's perspective. And if we don't or we can't, then just stay quiet. But do not judge. Do not open your mouth because until Mm -hmm. you're in that situation, you don't know what you would do. And so for me, you know, it's not about playing victim either. I've always been a really strong person. So for me, it's not, like I said, it's not so much about talking about the issues. It's important to bring light to them. And and that's why I share my story sometimes like, this did happen to me and I understand you and I know this is hard. 
but what are we gonna do moving forward? What can we do so you're in a better place so that you don't have to go through those things? You know, what can we do to get you a better job? What can we do to help you start a business? What can you, what can we do to help you get a raise? You know, and I think that's the most important thing and the best thing that we can do to help other people. That was my next question. We kind of touched upon it on there. What do we do about machismo in Latin America? Because machismo <laughs> is obviously something that dates back to, you know, Always. since forever. Yeah. And I'm yeah. I'm Dominican. So I was born here. Ooh. I'm first generation uh, American, but my parents uh -huh. are both Dominican. So I grew up in a Dominican household. Like I, I get it. I've been to Dominican Republic. I yep. see it still there. You know, the, the men come home from work. They just sit down. They expect dinner to be like brought out mm -hmm. to them. They expect like a cold beer. Like yep. it's just, <laughs> and I don't see a way of unwiring like these wires that Latinos have. And like, I know it, it's, it's getting better from what I've read. There's a lot more women in power that are stepping up in Latin America. But how, what can we do about machismo in Latin America? Like, what, what do you think we could do? I think it goes back to parenting. You know, I'm not a parent, but I have a friend, for example, she's a single mom and she's raising a 15 year old son and she's teaching him things about like women's periods, you know, and like what women feel when they're in their period and this and that. And like, I remember she was telling me the story and she's like, you know, some people tell me I'm a bad parent and blah, 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 because I tell my kid all these things. And I'm like, no, that's education. That's literally what education is because your son is now going to understand certain things about women mm -hmm. instead of having just biases and stereotypes that are going to help him raise his kids and also treat his woman in the future better right so i think mm -hmm. it goes back to parenting and education but the interesting thing is that we often think well what do we need to tell men what what do the the you know the dads need to teach their boys but mm -hmm. a lot of the times it's not it's not just the dad so feminism and the issues that we have are not just about men they're just as much about uh, women like when i went through a sexual harassment a lot of the people that judged me a lot of the people that gave me dirty looks and looked at me like i betrayed the company for reporting it you know, there were women, Our women. Were fellow yes. women, you know, so that's not to say, you know, that it's only women or it's only men, but it's it's all of us, you know. And so when it comes to even parenting, it's it's the moms, too. Like, what are you telling your kids? Because I hear a lot of moms say really messed up things to their little boys. And I'm like, you wouldn't want that as a woman. You know, you wouldn't want a man like that. Like if you like celebrate your little boy for being a player, but then you would complain if you did a player. Right. Like it's like, no, let's teach them, <laughs> right. Like let's raise teach them the type right. of men that you would want to date in the future. Yeah. For real. Yeah, and so it go, it's it's all of our responsibility. And this is something that I tell people, like you helping women too, even if you're a man, and thank you for having me on your platform and talking about this. Of you course. helping women, you're helping your mom, you're helping your sister, you're helping your future daughter, whatever, right? Like you're helping your wife, whatever. So this is not just about us. Like women, we are like at least half of the population of the world. And so, you know, you're helping humanity. And this is really a human rights issue. This is not just a women's issue. Um, you know, a woman, an empowered woman who can make a difference. Like I make more money now. I'm more independent now. Guess what? When I have my kids, that's going to affect my kids too. It's going to affect their education. It's going to, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, build better human beings, more caring, more compassionate, you know, so that's the things that we should focus on. And it's everybody's responsibility. So we need to stop pointing fingers, blaming men, you know, 
I, I hear women doing or saying just as crazy things sometimes, judging other women, you know, um, maybe you see somebody else growing in corporate, corporate and then jealousy kicks in and like you want to bring them down. Like, what are you doing? Like, we don't all make it up there. So why are you trying to bring other women down? You know, so it's, mm-hmm. it's everybody's issue. <laughs> Straight up. Everybody has to pitch in and everybody has to try and create the society that they want to live in. Mm-hmm. And it starts young. I completely agree with that. What would you say to women who say that they don't need feminism? So. I come from a really conservative background. I, you know, I uh, once I, I became a Christian when I was 14. I, you know, I grew up in a pretty conservative community um, with pretty conservative values. So I also understand that other side of the coin, like women that have been indoctrinated for so long into a certain teaching of like submissiveness and the men is the head of the household and little things that seem like innocent or they seem like, well, that sounds right. You know, the men is the leader. But when you really think about those things, now that I have a greater understanding, it's like, oh, no, that kind of is a little bit sexist. You know, it kind of is perpetuating these ideas, right? That Like if you have to be submissive, if your men is beating you up, what do you do? You just like let them, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I've also seen a lot of women that do believe that they have to put up with things like that because that, you know, they're the, the men of the house or whatever. So I I think it's really important to understand the other perspective. And, and I'm glad that I can see both sides and I, I've lived in both sides and um, and understand that this is not even about sides. It's about, um, I think we have a, a bad misconception about what feminism is, but again, it's about human rights. So I would say to those people um, that say I'm against feminism, I would first find a common ground. Every time you want to have a conversation about anything about activism, it's not about winning an argument. And that's the first thing we need to remember as activists is this is not about winning or being right. You know, this is not a mm-hmm. to see who's cooler or more clever. This is this is a real issue. So let's find a common ground. What do you mean you're against feminism? Let's go back. What's your idea of feminism? What's your definition? Let's see, because it may be that they're thinking about something completely different. It may be that they're thinking that feminism is, I don't know, let's go beat up men or let's be feminazis, right? <laughs> so I would be against, like my dad told me, because I was like, what is feminazi? He's like, you know, they even beat up men now and this and that. And so I was like, I'm against that. So I don't know about, feminazi, right? I don't know if I've ever heard about that. I've heard it's the not. term feminazi <laughs> and I and I know exactly what he's talking about. There, uh-huh. He's talking about radical feminists that, right. You know, they right. say like men are the devils and like we need right. to take down the patriarchy and stuff like that. But <laughs> yeah, I wanted so, to give you uh, a specific example, a specific uh-huh. example so that we okay. could try and see what it is, why this person is saying this. So uh-huh. Christy Edwards is a female entrepreneur. She is the founder of a conservative dating app called Writer. It's, you know, so picture Tinder, picture those apps, but hers is a conservative one. On her app, men go there to find women that self-describe themselves as feminine, not feminist. So she was in an interview and they asked her why she created this. And she says that she doesn't believe that women can be feminine and feminist at the same time. What do you say to that? Well, I I completely disagree. I'm very feminist. I mean, I literally, if you look at it, even at my branding, everything is pink, right? Like I am like the biggest, like Barbie in a sense, like probably like Latina Barbie. Like if you had to think about looks or femininity or like even, you know, kind of like the way that I act, not every feminist is going to like, oh, I don't like shaving or whatever. Right. Like that's a stereotype. Um, but even if somebody did say that, even somebody did go to the extreme of like, I don't want to shave and I want to be unapologetic and I want to be whatever it is loud 
and whatever is, isn't feminine. I mean, I don't even know how what her idea of feminine is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like that's their prerogative. The thing is that we don't try to tell men how to be. You know, we don't tell men. The issue here is that we have this image for women. Like you have to be feminine and you have to act this way and you have to talk this way. Um, and you have to dress a certain way, but we don't see that when it comes to men. For example, when I was in corporate, I, there, towards the end, when I was going through sexual harassment, I started getting kind of shy about dressing up too much because I felt like I, I didn't want to be seen as a sexual object, you know, anymore by this man. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, and I was wrong, but at the time I thought like, I'll wear less makeup and I'll dress down a little bit. And when I did that, then I was criticized for that. I was so like, oh, don't you want to come to work? Like, you're not wearing makeup now or whatever, you know? So I'm like, if a man doesn't wear makeup to work, like nobody's going to question their Nobody work cares. ethic. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, when we say feminine, what, what does that mean? And why is it so important that we act a certain way? As long as we are respecting other people, as long as we're minding our own business and, you know, we're being good citizens and, you know, we're obviously not hurting anybody else. Why does it matter if I shave or don't shave? Like, why does that matter? If my partner doesn't care, right? Like, if my partner is cool with that, why does anybody else care? So, yes, I'm very feminine and I'm feminist. So that in itself contradicts her statement. Um, I actually, you know, I have like a super cute house. Like, I'm like super all into like feminine things. But I... I, because I'm so feminine and because I do have a really strong feminine energy, I want to protect my fellow sisters because I care about my fellow sisters. And so I'm not going to go and, and put someone down based on how they act or how they dress. And going back, I'm, I'm conservative when it comes to some things. I'm conservative and, you know, when it comes to like legislation that affects, you know, business owners and that kind of stuff. So trust me it's not coming from a place of like oh i'm this liberal like Uh if she's conservative i would love to sit down with her and understand what her definitions are because i consider myself pretty conservative in many ways i consider myself very feminine and i still am a feminist and now unlike in the beginning i am not gonna apologize about that and i'm not gonna try to justify or explain why i'm a a feminist you know because that in itself isn't a problem the the fact that we have to explain why we're fighting for our rights is a problem you know (laughs) like we shouldn't even (laughs) have to say to tell people that right like we we shouldn't even have to defend ourselves for trying to make this place an equal playing field for everybody like that should not even be a thing so yeah i would love to talk to her i mean i'll look it up later <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah it's uh it was an interview that i don't know who they did it with but i saw it on facebook and it was really interesting because she goes on to say that she doesn't believe in equal rights for men and women she doesn't believe that men and women are naturally equal so and then her example is that she hangs out and she works with a lot of navy seals that are men and she's like look at those guys like i can't keep up with those guys and neither would i want to like i like being feminine i don't want to be treated like a man and my so my initial thought on that was this is coming from a place of so much privilege because she's a ceo Mm -hmm. she's the ceo she is not in a position where she's gonna get harassed that's not happening like nobody's gonna harass the ceo i'm gonna go as far as to say that she probably has experienced harassment most likely uh doesn't matter what title you have nowadays in fact even if you i did have a position of power um, and even then, you know, you still do see little things. You do get still get interrupted in the boardrooms. You still mm-hmm. get 
called pretty or cute or, oh yeah, they accepted your proposal because you're cute. Um, and I, I know that happens everywhere, even with female um, executives. So I'm gonna dare to say that she may be um, so brainwashed um, that she doesn't, it's not that it hasn't happened to her, but it, she hasn't seen it. It's a sad thing, but like I said before, I do come from a really conservative background of like uh -huh. being brainwashed, being in that place where you honestly, genuinely believe that you know that men is more important that they're higher that they're chosen that you know that what, they have i'm sorry what is what does the brainwashing i never grew up conservative so i don't know this perspective mm -hmm. so i don't yeah. know like what it was influencing like the way that you thought growing up and then later on in yeah. life well for me it was church i was in a, a really conservative church but i think even Without the church, I, I'm very grateful for many of the things I learned in church. So I'm not, I'm definitely not complaining about church in itself. I think that everybody gets taught something and then they, they kind of teach it to their kids and their kids and their kids, you know? So for hundreds and thousands of years, we're taught something. We're going to continue to repeat those teachings. Like my mom, you know, she's always been a strong woman, but she would teach me certain things just because she was told those things. And it goes back to even, like you said, like culture, like it's not even about religion many times, like even our cultures as Latinos, right? Like we have certain expectations that we're taught that we're so brainwashed because we don't know any better. We just don't know any different. Like uh -huh. if your grandparent got home, your grandpa got home and your grandma had the food there and then your mom does the same. And then you're probably going to go when you get married and expect the same, but you're not even trying to be sexist. You know, you're just don't even know better. And I, that's what I mean. Like she might not even notice these things, you know, but um, also, the important thing, and English is not my first language, but because it's not my first language, I had to learn it. And I'm very like, I, I really care about grammar. And so saying that you want someone to be equal doesn't mean the same. Equal does not exactly mean the same. So me saying that I'm equal to you doesn't mean that I'm the same as you, right? Like I still obviously have different reproductive organs and obviously we look different, you know, so saying that I want to be equal means that I want to have the same access, right? Um, now, because I want to be equal, for example, if you go interview for a job interview and I do too, and you have 10 years more experience than I, like, that's fine if you get the job. Like, it's not about that. It's not about being the same. It's about being equal. So like having the same access to opportunities, the same access to, to equal pay, like if we're equally qualified, you know, so that's what it's about. And I think saying that. I'm pretty sure this woman is really smart, so I know that she understands the difference. So I think mm -hmm. that that's just a cop out to say, oh, yeah, we're obviously not the same as men. Like nobody's saying that we're the same. We're saying we want equality and equal rights at that. So, yeah, I agree. I, really I think... want to have a conversation. I, I feel like I should invite her to my podcast. <laughs> you, you should somehow reach out. You definitely yeah. should. That would be super interesting. <laughs> I would love to hear that. That then brings me to your religious aspect to you. Mm -hmm. So I actually tuned into an Instagram live you did not too long ago. Mm -hmm. And within a few minutes, you actually started praying for somebody. Yeah. And you said like, oh, I was, was not expecting. Yeah, I was not expecting no. to come on here <laughs> and pray for somebody's family. But you did it. Do you pray normally? Yeah, I pray every day. I pray every morning. And, and this is important to me. And 
this is something that I, I really want to share with people because I don't consider myself a religious person. I actually think that religion um, sometimes can hurt more than it can help. But I do consider myself a spiritual person. And what I mean by that is that I do believe in God and I know that people have different names for it and that's okay. But I do believe in God and I do believe in prayer. And even scientifically speaking, prayer is really helpful. Uh, prayer and meditation both are really helpful for the brain. It gives you longevity. It like it has all these benefits. And the greatest benefit I think is that the pressure that you feel, I think I, I've never not believed in God, but I feel like there's less pressure when, when you believe that there's something higher than you so that you can have a hope so that you can, you know, it can kind of take some of the pain away of like, feeling lonely or feeling uh, hopeless because now you understand that, you know what, maybe this is for a greater purpose or there's something greater than me. So there's a bigger plan that maybe I don't understand right now, but it's going to play out in my favor. And honestly, over and over again, in, in my personal experience, um, it's played out that way. You know, I've gone through really tough times and I can say that my faith has been that last string of hope. You know, when I, when everybody else is, you know, is gone and, you know, you feel like there's nothing else to hold on to. That's been what's held me, you know, in a place where like, I don't just like go nuts. And so for me, prayer is really wonderful. I've experienced miracles myself. And, and that's why, even though I'm not conservative now in, in the religious aspect, um, I, I could never say there is no God. I could never say that because my own experience has, um, you know, showed me that believing in God, believing in someone that's bigger than you just give you that hope, you know? And if all else, I mean, let's pretend it's not, it's not true, right? Let's pretend I die and there is nothing after that. Like if it helps me deal with my current life and it, it helps me like, it's like reading a motivational book, right? Like if it can help you feel better, like, uh -huh. Why not, right? So for yeah, me, use it for what I you do. It. it right, right, and so I, I do think it's really important to to believe in something, and um, and for me, it's been my faith in God, but I also see God as the source of love, right? Like that unconditional love. Um, when I was growing up, I, I experienced a lot of judgment. I experienced a lot of biases. You know, kind of like the idea that you have to be somehow perfect, and it felt like nothing was ever good enough you know it felt like you're always striving to be this quote-unquote perfect being and no matter what you do there's always something wrong and you can always be better and i think that's really hurtful to people and i think that when we see god in uh, as love right it's that infinite love compassionate love um that's when we can see people through a different lens even when you read about jesus christ right like even if you're not a christian when you read about jesus christ and the the, the concepts even if you believe in the concept of the teaching of like if someone comes and like does something to you don't don't go and do the same you know like it's not an eye for an eye like forgive people you know these are like really good principles to live by even if you don't necessarily consider yourself a christian right like it's a really good principle to live by to believe love your neighbor as you love yourself you know um but it's funny because i think a lot of times in in america um not so much around the world but maybe more in america like we christianity has become this kind of like the opposite of what we preach you know where like we're saying i believe in jesus but yet we forget the greatest teaching of the person that we're saying we believe in which is do not judge others because we'll be judged in the same way that you judge others, right? So like, it's really interesting how like people manage to use the Bible or religion 
to sometimes sometimes as a weapon instead of like what it was created for, which is to give people hope. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's my approach to faith. You know, it's it's about having that hope and sharing that hope with people. That person, when I went on live, I thought I was gonna talk about failure. I didn't know why I got on because I usually don't do lives, but something was like, do a live, do a live, and it was weird, it was dark. And I did a live, <laughs> and that person obviously was desperate, okay? For somebody to randomly, I honestly don't even know why she asked me. Like, I don't promote myself as a spiritual teacher or anything like that, but the fact that she asked showed me that she really, really needed it. And I know the power of feeling that you're not alone in something that someone is there for you and that someone is supporting you and sending you prayers and sending you love and so for me that was really important to show that and she even sent me messages afterwards like thanking me and saying that she felt peace and she felt better so i think this is what it's all about it's about you know showing that humanity that compassion that love and so that's that's my approach to to um you know kind of like my faith and i think it's it's been interesting because i get i even was told one time like someone messaged me like you're not a feminist because you're a christian and i was like what does that even have to do with anything that's crazy but uh um you know it's it's interesting i feel like i've never been a person that fits in any place because i'm sure my christian friends think i'm too liberal and i'm sure that my liberal friends think i'm too conservative and you know i'm not american enough and i'm not argentinian enough and like whatever right and i kind of like that you know i kind of like that because then i'm me like i don't i don't feel like i have to fit into a mold and i think that's what also um the beauty of equality is that we live in a place where we have the right to just be ourselves as long as we're not hurting other people and i think that's important thing respecting other people respecting you know their values respecting their beliefs um i think if we could all do that our our place and our country would be so much better off you know what time it is we're going to take a short break but when we come back we're going to talk further to jesse about her political beliefs her feelings on degrading music and we even get a little bit of a history lesson on tango so take this time to subscribe and leave us a review also follow us and say what's up on facebook instagram and twitter Spread the word. It helps us find new people to interview. And we're always looking for interesting people that are passionate, just like Jesse. Don't go too far. My name is Xavier Diaz, and this is a Pretty Normal Podcast. Well, this leads me to the inevitable question of what, how do you feel about Donald Trump? Oh, my gosh. It's, oh, my gosh. I never thought you were going to ask me this, but I may be a little biased because I was just watching a video about him, like, right before you called me. So... Uh, I kind of like a little bit, I was about to post on my Instagram too, actually, um, like a rant, you know, so maybe I'll just rant here and get it out of my system. Hey, but, please, uh, get, it out <laughs> your, get it off your chest. <laughs> I was literally typing so much, like a caption, you know. Um, well, I, you know, I, I hear a lot of things about immigrants and that's uh, the hardest thing for me. Um, I always joke that I would, I would probably be a Republican if Trump wasn't a candidate or somebody when he was running, you know, but um, for me, it's, it, I... People that know me, that know me for years, they know that I never liked Trump, even before he ran for president. Um, I never liked him as a business person. I'm a business person. I, you know, back I've always um, been pretty smart. Like I always read a lot. I, I know a lot of things. And so for me, he never was a, a good business person. Um, he seemed pretty dishonest, and also he seemed pretty um, degrading to women. So I always felt like oh no he's just a joke you know so when uh-huh. he started running for president I was like what is this real and I never in a million years would have thought that he was gonna win but for me the biggest issue that I have 
with him now because he hasn't really been saying things about women but I'm sure if he did I, I'd probably be pissed too but he's been attacking immigrants a lot and you know I was what I was about to post now is that all the things that this administration and a lot of Republicans say about immigrants are so far from the truth you know and I was sharing my story because I am everything but the things that they say about immigrants you know I I'm a business person. I pay more taxes than, you know, many, many, many U.S. citizens here. I never received any sort of, you know, government assistance. I couldn't even get, a, like, scholarships in college because I wasn't, at that time, I wasn't a citizen yet. So, like, there are all these misconceptions that we have about immigration and immigrants come and take. And honestly, I've never really taken anything. I've always contributed to society. And I, every other person that I know, every other immigrant, I, obviously a lot of my friends are immigrants or Latino. And, um, you know, we're like doing so many amazing things. And we don't hear these stories in media. We don't hear about, you know, we don't even hear about, like, my story about starting a female empowerment movement. You know, we hear about... You know, so and so, like I don't know, burglar or like yeah, the bad stuff. All yeah, the bad like stuff. Some, some random story that's like okay, that happens everywhere, every day with anybody, right? Like it doesn't matter what color you are. And so I feel like we hear a lot of those stories in the media, and we also like I feel like Trump. Uh, my issue is that um, I'm not very political. If you look at my Instagram, I don't talk about politics. So, but I'm also not, uh, I don't stay quiet. So if you ask me, I'm going to tell you, you know, and I feel like Trump uh, has lied a lot, like blatant lies. Like he knows, I mean, I can't imagine that he doesn't know. He's the president. He knows the laws. He knows what's true and what's not true. So for example, one time in an interview, he said that, that what immigrants do is that they bring everybody with them. So like I could bring me and my distant relatives and all my uncles and all my cousins. And like, that is not true. Like I'm an immigrant. I just became a U.S. citizen and I can't even bring my brother. Right. Like because he's already an adult. So as a citizen or a naturalized citizen, the only people that I can bring, quote unquote, bring with me if I wanted to is my dad, like my direct, like my dad, my mom, or if I had a daughter or son, those are the only people that I could naturalize, but even then they would have to go through the process. And so for him to say, you know, they're bringing all their cousins, like, no, like that's not, not true. And like, I'm sure he knows that because he's the president. So either he's really ignorant and doesn't know the laws of the country that he's leading, or he's a really like huge liar and he's like deceiving the entire country um, on these things. So either way, it's bad. Like either way, I cannot justify him. I cannot feel any grace for him because I'm like, when you mislead people that way and you're making them like, you're using fear to like lead people to hate an entire group of people. Like it's it's just really, really sad. And, and I'm really sad that um, people don't understand this. And I try to explain it to, you know, some of my American friends and they're like, what? But I thought he said this and that. I'm like, it's a lie. Like, it's a lie. Like you can, it's all don't a lie. Yeah. Me, don't believe me. Go to the U.S. government websites. Like you can literally go to USCIS. The thing is that, yeah, most people won't do that. Most people will just hear what he says and right. believe it because there's I don't know. I don't get what it is there. He can't do any wrong. So the people that support him will support him to the very end. There is nothing, not a damn thing he can do that will turn his supporters against him. Yeah. And I think it says a lot about America and where we are right now, like going back to the elections. Like I never even thought a person like that could be that good to deceive that many people but it goes back to i think um education like i'm a very 
um, a skeptical person for everybody. Like if it doesn't matter who you are, like if I have to vote for you, I'm gonna do research. I'm gonna read about it. I'm gonna read all the different blogs, like conservative and liberal, you know, like I wanna know the truth. Like I wanna go to the source. Like I'm not, I'm not the kind of person that, oh, just because you are a Democrat or just because you're a Republican, I'm gonna vote for you. And that's what's wrong with America nowadays that people vote based on party or people vote based on color or race, and I think that's wrong. I think we should yeah. vote based on, okay, let me really see what this person believes. Policy. And see, right, like, let me see what, how they're gonna solve problems too, because with all the candidates right now, like most of them are like talking about all these issues, right? Going back to like even female empowerment, like it's easy to talk about the issues. Like anyone can come and tell you a sad story about something that happened to a woman or a black person or whatever, and like even cry. But what are you going to do to solve it? Because that's what I care about. Because any, again, anyone can tell me a story. I already know what's going on. I already know the problems that we have. I already know that we need more jobs. I already know that college students need more help. You know, that college is too expensive. So what solutions do you have? And I think the American people really, including myself, because I'm an American, um, you know, we really need to educate ourselves and be less biased and really do our homework, you know. Um, I used to I used to know someone, a really, really close person of mine, and he's like diehard Republican. He will only vote Republican no matter what, even if it's Trump, right? So I, it was really hard to like crack that shell. Like I, I kept saying like, watch this video. Oh, no, 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 because it didn't come from Fox News. So <laughs> I, bet, I bet you it's a lie. And I was like, what? Like, this is an interview of Trump like 10 years ago. Like this, nobody can like change what he said. Nobody can manipulate that. Like you can listen to it for yourself. Uh-huh. So anyway, so I, I eventually, I noticed that like he became a little bit more educated about it. And, and then eventually he did tell me, okay, well, he's kind of a joke, you know, like, yeah, sure. Like he probably wasn't like pressed in the material, you know? And I'm like, yeah, but we can't all go and do that, right? Like we don't have the capacity to go to every single person and educate them. I think we as individuals need to be more educated because what's happening now is that, again, we're voting for the wrong reasons. Even if somebody was Latina or a woman, like that's not reason enough to vote for them. Like, yeah, I would love a woman. You know, I would love to see their representation. I would love to for a woman to be empowered and be the first person of the United States, but I cannot vote for someone just because they're a woman, right? Like they no, need to no have way. solutions. The other day I said to someone, um, I don't know if you know who um, Yang is. He's one of the candidates. Yang gang, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, so I, you know, I can, this is one of my female empowerment friends, right? She's all about women too. So I kind of mentioned like, hey, I kind of like this guy, you know? And it was just me kind of like, just making conversation like I kind of like this guy like he seems too smart he cares about business he's an entrepreneur and she gave me this look like oh uh, what but he's a dude and I was like so like so I'm not right, yeah. <laughs> right? you know like it's, so it showed me like even smart people um you know in America I don't know why people vote on like okay are you my color or are you my uh, party or whatever I think it needs to be about the issue and that's what I would tell people I'm not going to tell you who to vote for but just do your homework make sure that they uh-huh. actually are going to find solutions um, because we've had other presidents that you know maybe they're amazing but how much influence do they have can they actually like make changes right can they actually create policies and actually implement them and execute them and people are actually going to follow you know that matters too and so I think that's super important so I'm 
it, it's kind of funny, but uh, like I said, I never fit into any mold because my feminist friends probably think it's bad that I'm like looking at this guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm always like against the grain, no matter what I'm doing or saying or talking about. I'm always controversial in that way. But as long as you are doing what you believe is right and what you think right. is going to better your life, that's what really truly matters. And that's one of the biggest critiques about like all these debates that the Democratic Party has been having is that they're up there with like 10 of them. And they only get like two and a half minutes each. To, like yeah. these are complicated issues that mm -hmm. they expect for us to just like take in little sound bites. And everything is so sensationalized. Like mm -hmm. even YouTube, I was speaking to somebody the other day um, and they pointed out how the things that get the most clicks and stuff when it comes to politics is like so uh conservative destroys liberal like right. all these things or like uh conservative destroys feminazi and like yep. they've turned these things like not into how does this better your life they've turned this into my team won your team right. lost right like, it's so crazy yeah. and it goes back to what i was saying earlier like you know we think this is about winning something being right and that's a wrong approach we really need to be thinking what's going to be the solution what's going to create an impact what's going to what's going to be better for the greater good too right so like sometimes maybe it's not something that i like but if it's going to help like i'm a business owner right so obviously i want solutions that are going to help business owners but i also understand that not everybody's a business owner and the majority of america right they might need help with something they might need resources they might need help with college right so i'm not gonna sit on this high chair and be like oh i only care about policy that helps business owners you know like if this is gonna help the vast majority of the community you know if um helping kids with college is gonna help our future right i already went to college so it doesn't affect me right but if it's gonna help our future kids get an education that's affordable like i care about that you know and and we should be more like that we should be more open-minded and say okay what's gonna help the entire country or like the vast majority of mm -hmm. people in the country because ultimately it will go, go back to us to affecting us right if i have a corporation it does matter if the future people that i employ have an education right so yep. ultimately it does go back to us and it does affect us and, and we need to be less selfish when we make mm -hmm. these decisions how do you feel about um free health care medicare for all I would, I'm interested in your take as an entrepreneur, oh, you have to pay for your own insurance. And if you have employees, you have to pay for their insurance. So how do you feel about free healthcare? <laughs> I love it. You're really, I never talk about politics publicly. So this is really interesting. I don't know who's going to listen to it. I'm so uh, happy. You're like bringing care. it all out for yeah, me. Yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I am from Argentina. So I grew up there until I was 14. And we had, you know, we had nice healthcare for the people that had the money to pay for it. If you wanted private insurance and all that, but we also did have public healthcare for the people that didn't have insurance, right? So you could walk into a hospital. And growing up, we were not rich, so you know, we if I got sick, my mom never had to think like, oh my gosh, I'm too poor, like I cannot take my daughter to the hospital. She she never had to worry about that. At least, you know, we had other issues, but. Um, I could go to the hospital, you know, and I could get help. And if I needed drugs, I could use them. Um, I think America is highly led by uh, pharma companies. You know, they're, you know, I, for example, there was a drug. I, I've always had insurance before this, before being an entrepreneur, I had to get my own. But uh, before I worked for other people, so I, I was using this cream for my face. And even with my insurance, my copay was $150, but the drug itself was like seven, supposedly, right? $700 for a face cream, right? 
So um, that's how much the insurance would pay. So, and I would pay $150 every month. Now that's privilege right there because a lot of people, $150, that's like their food for the entire month or that's, you know, whatever, cell phone bill or something. So I could do that because I had a good job. But one time I went to Mexico you know, I was visiting Mexico and I was, I walked through a pharmacy and this drug I could only get with a prescription here in the U.S. And I had to go to the doctor every month to get the prescription. Even though they knew I needed it every month, they would only write it each month because quote unquote, they had to check me every month and make sure I needed it the next month. So I had to also pay a copay for seeing the doctor, whatever. So I spent a lot of money in this drug. Well, go to Mexico. I'm walking around the street, a random street, and I see a pharmacy that has the same drug and it's not even a generic. It's like the actual brand name, the same brand name and it's in a pharmacy and I could just go and buy it without a prescription. And I know it's exactly what I need, same percentage. So I, I, I walk in, I'm like, how much is this? She said, you know, in US dollars, it was like $8. Okay. Oh and I'm paying God. a copay in America and I'm seeing a doctor every month and paying 150 every month for this. So that goes to show that obviously this drug is not worth you know hundreds of dollars you know no they way. probably make it for like 50 cents why because all these companies are making so much money in america they cannot lobby and they control legislation and they control the decision makers and so for me i'm i'm, I'm kind of against it because uh, even as a business owner, you know, like it's I, I do have to pay more because now I don't have a company that pays for my insurance. So I have to I have to buy insurance. If I employ someone, I have to pay for that, too. So I I, I don't know. I think um, I don't know exactly what the plan would be. I never thought about it too much, but I do think that there has to be some sort of of universal healthcare that everybody should have access yeah to... wait hold on so you said everything you were saying i was like oh yeah right on right on she's yeah. right she's right and then i it all led me to think that you were going to say i'm i'm for it but then you said you were against it but everything you were saying sounded no, no, like no. you were i didn't you know... say against it i said i am for it I oh am... okay yeah, okay cool i just no, wanted to I clear am that out for that I, I do believe that I said I don't know what it would be exactly because I've never like put a thought into like a plan so I hate to like you, you should know, read some of them some of them the proposals are out what I'm saying is the disclaimer is that I'm not educated on like the different plans necessarily but I do agree that we do have to have some sort of access for people um, so that everybody has access right um sure you can still have like doing Argentina, you know, if you're rich and you want to go to the fancy hospitals and pay the fancy doctors, like, that's fine. That's on you. You can buy that. You can pay for that. But we do need help for everybody. We do need access for everybody. So I do agree that we need some sort of universal health care. I just don't know exactly, like, what that would entail. Um, and so I don't think I'm, like, too educated on, the, on, on that subject of, like, how you would structure it, where you would get the money from, that kind of stuff. But I do definitely think that every human... Ha should have the right to access to healthcare, to affordable healthcare. Uh, for example, give me, give you one more example. Um, my sister, she was born with a cleft palate, and because she was born with this, this is not something that happened to her at work or whatever. She's obviously a little kid, but um, because she was born with it, insurance doesn't really cover a lot of the stuff. Like a lot of the stuff is like, well, you're born with that. So she's had at least like 30 surgeries in like her 14 years of life, you know. Um, she had multiple surgeries a year and a lot of the medical bills were not covered. And so my parents, who are not even rich, you know, they're like middle class or they were middle class at the time, ended up accumulating a lot of medical bills. And now they all the debt that they have is medical, it's from medical stuff. And so um, that 
affected them financially and it affected, you know, them being able to like pay their mortgage. Like they pay it, but it's hard because now they have all this medical debt that they also have to pay for something that my sister was born with, you know? And so why should someone, you know, like that, like it's already a huge hardship to that your little kid, you know, has to go and have all these surgeries. Like seeing, you know, my little sister, a baby, even when she was a baby, having surgeries, coming out of the hospital with like a swollen face and bruise and all these. And on top of that, you walk out with like a $10,000 bill, $25,000 bill every time, you know? So it's like, what what are we doing? Like, why do we think that we, we don't need to fix something? Why do we think that this is okay? And people quote insurance, but again, insurance didn't cover everything. You know, they didn't cover a lot of the surgeries because they said that they weren't, you know, necessary or that they were more like cosmetic or that they, um, because she was born with certain things like that, that's not covered. And so there are a lot of things that people don't understand. And unless you go through those things, unless you see these things happening or it happens to you and then you're like, okay, I get it. We do need something. Um, and so these are personal experiences. Like I said, a lot of things that I believe are based on my personal experience. I can't speak for anybody else, but you know, just looking at these things, I'm like, I can't, we can't be the only one going through those problems, right? Like everybody should have access to healthcare and, and that shouldn't be like your biggest debt, you know? Like I get it if you're like buying like Jimmy Choo's every month and you have debt, like that's not good, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, credit card debt is a whole good. other yeah. thing. <laughs> right, right. You should not be in debt for things that you need to stay alive, right, like right. no way. Basic yeah basic needs because health care is, is a basic need you know you need it like yep. you need a surgery you need a surgery you know like what are you straight gonna- up and it only makes the workforce more productive if you got healthy people if you got sick people shit comes to a halt so yeah yeah so moving away from politics that was a nice little stint <laughs> yeah, i'm glad that, that we yeah i'm glad we got that on record that was awesome to talk oh to you and get your views on that you're like i got her first <laughs> yeah yeah I, i'm surprised you don't really talk about it but i understand politics is so yeah, divisive sometimes you just come up yeah i don't know sometimes you just don't if it doesn't come up you don't want to bring it up yourself right please. right um, so moving on past that, I wanted to ask, you said you're from Argentina, grew up there till you were 14. Mm-hmm. Is the something I hear common, I'm not sure if it's true or not, I didn't get to do enough research about it, but they say that Argentines sometimes can be racist towards other Latinos. Mm. Is this something you've heard before? I, yeah, I don't know who you are, but I feel like you should be like on this like, those controversial shows, like asking all the deep questions, because like, <laughs> the questions you ask me are all like, dang, I always think about this, but I never talk about it. Um, we'll talk I about think... it, and more podcasts should <laughs> ask you. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Um, you know, usually I do a lot of podcast interviews, and usually it's like really mellow questions, so I really love, let me tell you, I really love that you're asking these questions. Um, so... I think that that's really biased. Uh, I've been asked questions like that before where people are like, is it true that Argentinians are uh, conceited? Is it true that Argentinians are whatever, proud or racist? And, and like to me, it's like, I this is what I tell people. I always ask, have you met an Argentinian? And they'll a lot of times be like, no. Like, do you know anybody personally? They'll be like, no. Or if they say yes, I'm like, okay, was that person racist to you? And they'll be like, no. And then I'm like, okay, so why are you asking? You know, yeah, like, yeah. It's like, unless you have a personal story where it's like, which I've never heard one before, 
where it's like, hey, you know what? I met an Argentinian and they treated me this way. And so are they all like that? Like, I get that. But I, every single person I've asked, and I'm talking about years and years of asking the same question, they've always been like, no, no, I actually know somebody. He's pretty nice or whatever. And I'm like, why? Then why are you asking that? And I think <laughs> this is why it's wrong because, like, you don't go to people and ask other biased questions, right? Like, I don't. Like, I'm not going to come to you and be like, is it true that Dominicans are players? You know, like, yeah, I'm not going yeah. to say okay. that when I'm you. know what I mean? Like, um, Fair point. I'm going to get to know you, you know? So I, and, and I'm not criticizing you, but I'm really glad you asked because sometimes I'm like, I need to talk about this, you know? Yeah, say um, it because I've never, I've met two Argentines actually, and neither was racist. Yeah. I will say that the first time I met somebody from Argentina, I was actually traveling by myself in Barcelona and uh-huh. he and he spoke to me in Spanish and it was the first time I've ever heard an Argentine accent and I couldn't really understand <laughs> anything he said because it was so, so, yeah. so different yes. than how my family, which is who's Dominican, like speak. Yeah. So that's my only, but he was a great guy. He was a nice person. <laughs> yeah, so when I, when I first moved to the US too, like I, I couldn't understand like Mexican, you know, the only people, so I moved to Utah when I came here and I was still a teenager. So I wasn't even like that well-traveled. I had never heard a Mexican before, you know? So I, I moved to Utah and there were only like maybe five Mexicans there, you know, like back then, like this is like Utah's 100% white almost. And so uh-huh. um, I meet like the few Latinos there, you know, and they would talk to me. And I remember like thinking like, they're gonna think I'm retarded because they would ask me something and I'd be like, what? And then they would ask me again, <laughs> like, que? And they'd ask me again, okay? And like, they, and like I knew, like I could see their face, like being like, are you, are you playing? Like, are you taking? Like, what's going on? It's like I couldn't understand at first. Like, I really could not understand. Um, also, I, I was having a cultural shock, you know, because everything was different. The food, and I was a teenager, and I didn't have my family here, and like all these crazy things, right? I was going through depression, or whatever. So there are a lot of other aspects. But I would say, going back to your question, I would say that um, if you go back, I'm gonna be, you know, 100% real with you. So if you go back to the Argentinian history. Um, in just like almost any other country in the world, um, back in the day when we had, you know, immigrants, um, we, you know, people were racist back in the day. So basically, you know, if you go back in history, when we got colonized and all that, we got colonized by, you know, um, mostly, uh, Spanish people or like, um, Italian people. And, you know, they were racist just like everywhere else. Right. Um, so yeah, so there were a lot of uh, people, a lot of people were killed, you know, back in the day. And they would put them in the in the front line of the war, like the black slaves or whatever. We didn't really like have slaves and slavery like we did in America, but we had immigrants that would come and then what, what the government would do is they would put them in the front line, right? So like they were the first ones to die. Uh, out of the, whoever died, you know, they would be the first ones to take it. So in that sense, yeah, like, we, we did experience racism just like every other country. But I would say that nowadays, um, the sure, there could be some racist just like everywhere else because I think um, there's a lot of classism and in Latin America or like if you're light skin, you know, it's a little better than like if you're darker skin, right? Like we do have those little biases sometimes um, and like privilege and all that. But I, I would say like generally speaking as a whole population, I wouldn't say that we're you know, mostly racist. No, I wouldn't say that. In fact, um, Argentina was one of the first countries when, you know, when uh, when Venezuela started having issues, Argentina actually was one of the first countries that opened the doors to Venezuelans. Like they could literally mm-hmm. just go there and work, you know, like freely, like 
they made it super easy. It didn't matter how much money you had, anything like that. You could, if you were Venezuelan, and even now, you can just go there. You can work because they're trying to help those people because they're obviously going through really tough times right now. Um, and so I would say that generally speaking, there are exceptions, but generally speaking, I would say that Argentinians and, and most Latinos, you know, not just Argentinians, but more um, Latinx people are very welcoming people. You know, we're really loving people. You know, if someone comes to your house, you're going to feed them. You're going to show them love. You know, um, if someone needs a job, you're going to do what you can. Or if you know someone, you can hook them up. Like we, you know, that's what I've experienced in Argentina. Um, and also they're really hospitable. So like if you go there, you know, they'll they'll give you everything they have. Like if it's the last thing they have in the fridge, they'll give it to you because you're the guest kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say they're really open. I wouldn't say they're they're racist, generally speaking, but obviously we do have the history, just like all these countries, right? That, um, that and, and, and I've seen this in Mexico and in many other countries in Latin America where like, sometimes there's a little bit of privilege. Like I have green eyes, my brother had brown eyes growing up. You know, I did get like a lot of attention, like, oh my gosh, look how pretty your eyes are. You know, where like maybe my brother wouldn't get those comments, right? So like, but I feel like that's everywhere, you know, like, I don't, I don't know if that's racism or it's just a little bit of like white privilege, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. but like a subconscious, like bias kind of thing. Another question touching upon your Latin roots. How do you feel about degrading lyrics in um, music like reggaeton? Ooh, you're like the best interviewer. Can, do you want to hey. come co-host my podcast? Hey, I would love to be on there sometime. <laughs> I, I, I should bring you as like a guest co-host. Like, Hell yeah. Yeah, yo, I, these are questions that I genuinely like thought up I when I was it. going through your profiles and stuff. And oh, yeah, wow. You know, as um, as somebody who's all about women empowerment, I wanted to get your take on yeah. you know, degrading yeah. lyrics. Also, another one that we can touch upon is, uh -huh. um, I don't know if you've ever watched Telemundo, like uh -huh. Sabado Gigante. I grew up watching Sabado Gigante with my grandma uh -huh. and uh -huh. the women on there are just so sexualized, like yeah. incredibly sexualized. Yeah. So to those two things, how you feel about them? So lyrics, yes, I, I, I do agree that a lot of the lyrics are, you know, definitely degrading to women. I also think that, um, you know, we, we have to be, try to be kind of balanced. Like, I don't want to go to the other extreme of like, you know, we're going to censor everything, right? Because it's art, you know, music <laughs> is art. So it's artistry. So just like a woman can say, I don't want to shave my pits or like whatever, right? Like I want to write this piece of art that says like f whatever like i think that we need to be careful when it comes to censoring art um and as long as like it's not saying i'm gonna go kill somebody right like as long as it's not like inciting like violence or something like that like i don't agree with the lyrics i don't even myself listen to reggaeton most of the time unless i'm at a party and somebody else is playing it or something like that but I, I'm not the kind of person that I'm sitting at home listening to reggaeton. I do love bachata though. I gotta say, I love bachata. That's when you're like, I'm Dominican. I was like, yeah, hey, you know, hey. but I love bachata. <laughs> so, um, so, but even bachata, right? Like it may have some, a little bit of sexualization towards women, some songs, but I, I honestly, I, I feel like we can't get to the point where we're like, you know, censoring everything. I think that sure. that they don't mean to do it that way. I think what matters is the motive, right? So if you have a politician mm -hmm. that's degrading women on purpose and, and using degrading terms, that's one thing. But I think if you're like a musician and you're just trying to make music that's gonna sell and like, you know, you're just talking about like some girl's booty or whatever it is, right? Like I, I think there's a different intention there. You know, I think that most like 
you know, most singers or songwriters are not sitting there like, oh, let me write a lyric to put down women, you know, like, <laughs> nah, they're just that's sitting there like, promoted. what's going to sell? And like most exactly. of the time, I don't even like pay attention to the lyrics either. Like most of the time, it's I the think rhythm. it's about the beat and the yeah. rhythm. So I, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of careful. Like there are some songs that do piss me off or like, yeah, um, I was going to say, do you, do you feel bad? Are, like, you yeah. know, advocating for women's power during the day and then by night, like if you're ever out at a club jamming out to like well, songs that are like calling women putas and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I don't go to the club, so I really don't know like what's playing <laughs> right now, to be honest. Like I mm -hmm. haven't heard any new songs, but like I'm trying to think going back to my early twenties when I would go to a club. Um, you know, like, and, and they do have some dirty songs. Like, I, I, I'm trying to be like, kind of like, I don't know, mindful of like artistry and expression, like freedom of expression. And um, I, I don't know. I think the conversation is, is you know, it's, it's not about that. I don't think the conversation is about that. I don't think that, again, like, you know, pointing out these things because I've, you know, now we have a lot of like female artists too, and they're like talking about sex and they're, yeah. you know, doing things like that. And I think that's the beauty of it, right? It's not so much about censoring the art of men, but like if women have the freedom to do that too, then it's cool, you know, then it's equal. It's going back to that, like we have equal access. Like before women couldn't have those conversations, before women couldn't say, I want to have sex or I like sex or anything like that, right? Like the, the woman had to be the saint. The men could be with 10 women, but the woman cannot talk about sex or like, Yo, so I like it or whatever, right? So like, There's like a term for that. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but there's a term uh -huh. for that I actually learned today. It's the uh -huh. female counterpart to machismo. Uh -huh. It's mari marianismo. So it's like the the belief that you know women should be naive about sex. They should kind of be right. like the Virgin Mary, where they right. they don't know about it, they don't talk about it. So yeah, yeah just there's a term for what yeah. you're talking about. That's crazy. Yeah. So I think as long as that, I think that's what it's about, right? It's not so much that men can't do this and they shouldn't be able to do that and blah blah blah. As long as you're not infringing other people's right, like it, sexual harassment is wrong because you're you're now interfering with my rights as a, as a person, as a human being, right? Like you're harassing me, that's wrong. But if you're over there writing a song, writing a book about whatever you think, right? Like if you like women with big butts or whatever it is that you like, like I I don't necessarily think that's wrong. I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm not gonna buy the CD probably or whatever, you know, like <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily up. care for the songs, but I'm not gonna be like, you can't sing that. But now, because we have the women that can say those things too, because now women can talk about sex, because now we can, because I mean, women, we like sex just as much as men. I don't know if you realize that, but like, I think people still don't understand that like, we're just as human and like, we like it just as much as anybody else, every other person. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that now we can express that, I think that's, that's the important thing to me. And it, before it was a problem because you could hear men doing these things and they were amazing and they got rich doing that. But women could not have these conversations. And so no. I think now we're finally getting to the point where we are a little more equal in that field. You know, we have women like singing about whatever, maybe things that I wouldn't sing about, but at least they have the freedom to do it. And that makes me happy. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I mean, to each their own. And I think like that that's going back to like, um, you know, me being sort of like, I, I like to stay out of things that even when it comes to politics, like telling people how to live their lives. Like, I don't think we should do that unless they're infringing somebody else's rights. For sure. Yeah. You know, what's an interesting um, story. So my grandma, who was born in Dominican Republic, mm -hmm. she doesn't know how to dance bachata. She can dance merengue. And she tells Ooh. me that it's because that in her time, 
bachata was actually only played in the strip clubs mm-hmm. and um so it was considered like risque music mm-hmm. and like you wouldn't really listen to that and dance that at um at um you know like family parties so she mm-hmm. never learned to dance bachata i think it's so interesting because wow. it's now wow. it's you know it's like just at all latino family parties mm-hmm. right well that's um that's how tango is too so tango Um, that's like our traditional dance in Argentina. It started in, you know, in like the kind of like the bars and places like that where like supposedly like women of class wouldn't go to, right? Like it was like men would go to it and then like the street women would be dancing it with the men. You know what I mean? So it wasn't, it was looked down upon and then eventually it became more and more popular and eventually it became ma- mainstream. So I think we have obviously made a lot of progress, but it, it is really sad that Uh, even the simplest things, right? Like the simplest things of like, and even virginity. Like people make such a big deal. And like, again, I come from a really conservative background where like, I genuinely thought at one point in my life, like this is the most precious thing that that a woman has. And I actually waited until I was like in my mid twenties, you know, like, so it's like all these things where it's like, and, and that's fine if you believe that, I respect that, but but why don't we teach that to men? You know, You know what I mean? Like, why is that? For women, that's the case, but it's not for men. Like, why is it so important for women to be a virgin, but not for a guy, you know? Uh, if anything, there are many countries in Latin America that they will take, like in Mexico and other countries, I've, I've heard like firsthand stories of like, you know, for a man to become a man, like when you're 14 or 15, a dad will take his son to a, a place to like have sex with a stripper or something, you know? So it's like, why can a man do that but if the woman did that then the dad would be super disappointed and oh, like yeah. you know whatever right so i i think the, that's the issue it's not it's not censoring what men do as much as it is like having the same rights and the same access and and being able to also be ourselves right and not be judged for our personal choices um and so that's that's what it's about for me and so when it comes to the lyrics i don't think That's such a big deal. I mean, I honestly wouldn't want my little sisters, like I have little sisters, I wouldn't want them to be listening to those songs uh, yet, you know? Like I think like they are pretty crazy. Um, some of them for like little kids that are innocent and don't understand certain sexual things and like they could start questioning. Like I wouldn't like that, but that's not from like a, a necessarily a gender thing perspective, but more from like, a, okay, how old are you? Can you really handle this information? You know, like, do you need to know this much information right now? Um, that kind of stuff. So whether you're a guy or a girl, like I don't care about that. I would love to do, you know, a future project with you because you know you have great insight and you have great perspectives on things and yeah this is awesome thank you for your time can you tell yeah, everybody no, where, where they can find you yeah so you can find me and you can just go to jessimedina.com and there i have all my links to my movement to my company uh and also i'm on instagram at jessimedinaofficial and that's j-e-s-s-i-e-m-e-d-i-n-a official So that's where you can find me. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this was really interesting. I would love to have you on my podcast too, because now I want to pick your brain. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I would your love answers. To yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. I'm going to make sure I come up with a lot of questions. <laughs> hey, yeah, let's for sure stay in touch and uh, do some future work together because this was great. Thank you to Jesse Medina for coming on the show and sharing her story with us. As always, thank you to the listeners. Thank you for everyone who subscribed. Thank you for everyone who follows us. We love sharing people's stories and this is what it's all about. Just sharing people's beliefs and trying to make a better world, having discussion, having open dialogue about 
the ideas that we believe are going to make this world better. Go subscribe to the show so you're alerted every time we drop a new episode. Remember to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're always coming out with new content that's not just going to be on the podcast, you know, some visual interviews as well. So make sure that you're subscribed and you get alerted every time we drop some new stuff. And as always, thank you. This has been a great experience. I've learned a lot. And my name is Xavier Diaz, and this is A Pretty Normal Podcast. Till next time.